welcome to The Six Figure Pivot, the show helping service entrepreneurs take home $100,000 to $500,000 in annual profit. My name is Anthony Gonzalez, and I'm a cloud architect and business consultant. And for the past 10 years, I've worked with multiple companies to help them digitally transform their businesses to make six and seven figures. Today, we're going to dive into a topic that's crucial for service entrepreneurs. We're going to be talking about personal branding. Now, I've brought on guests in the past where we've discussed company branding and how to improve upon that. I'll put a link in the show notes to people that I've talked to about that before. Somebody like a Chris Nealon, somebody like a Tom Ellsworth, the biz doc. He knows so much about that. And those are really great episodes that you can listen to. But for the first time, I brought on Louis Scoopian, who is somebody that is really focused on personal branding. And with the rise of social media, personal branding has become more important than ever. What exactly is personal branding? How does it differ from company branding? So in this episode, we'll explore these questions and more and provide practical tips and lessons that you can apply to your own business. So whether you're just getting started or you're a seasoned entrepreneur, this episode is for you. So Louie, thank you so much for coming on. Let's get into it. One of the things that I found so interesting about you is the fact that you are already a successful entrepreneur and yet when you started your podcast, you never decided to tie the podcast to the business, which is the complete opposite approach to almost everybody I've ever talked to. What was the reason for doing that when it comes to your brand and being seen as an entrepreneur and also as a podcaster and YouTuber and everything else? What was the approach with that? The thing that I recognized very early on in the business side of things that I kind of regretted, I'd say, um, was that although it's it's my baby like this is my business and, and stuff this is my this is my thing uh, and it's my creation and I'm very proud of it and everything looking and looking back at it and stuff but the thing is you're building this entity and you're building this business and everything that you're doing in terms of like the marketing side of things and and the growth of it it's all just for this business and one day you might want to sell that business for example and then you've you've, you've built this enormous thing and and then it's kind of it's all gone in a sense and then you're kind of left with well what do i do now <laughs> sort of thing no no following and then you know accounts gone that kind of a thing and I've, I've always kind of thought well i'd like to also have like the personal brand side of things too where you know louis scoopian has a name for himself too and gets to speak and he has like this account and and in time you know build like a following and stuff i mean you see a lot of the kind of uh the kind of high tier entrepreneurs and stuff they they all do that kind of thing like Gary V he's got this podcast and everything and <clears throat> so having this sort of a having this sort of a personal branding thing i think it's very important because like you can't sell yourself you're always going to be your own kind of business in a sense so that's never going to leave and that's never going to kind of go under so it's quite important to build that sort of a thing with your own name as well i i think personally um so yeah that's that's the kind of reason for starting it and that's why I went into it um looking into the future um at, at the moment I'm kind of developing a lot of things and obviously there's the cash flow side of things which the podcast brings in like the I can honestly say like the YouTube ad revenue is just it's pretty pretty bad to be honest unless you have like a really really big account like I know a few people with like 170,000 um subscribers and they, they make you know a fair whack every month but there's obviously going to be like the the ads and stuff but eventually you know with, with these businesses and everything the nice thing about being the podcast host is that and the, the creator of it is that I actually can advertise my own things through it so for example you have these guests on and if you have someone with like a couple of million followers or something and then they promote this episode that you've recorded with them 
then their fans come over to the podcast and they see it and then they might be put in line uh, for for something that you want to sell. Um, so at the moment, I'm working on a few projects, like I've obviously got the airsoft thing, but that's not really too relevant to like the people that are viewing the podcast. But right now I'm working on this um I'm working on this apparel branding stuff um, to help veterans with suffering from TBI and PTSD and stuff. And actually it's kind of off the back of this podcast and the networking side of things that I've gone into, into this route. And I want to tie that into the whole thing as well. Um, but I do think that when you, there's, there's a Grant Cardone quote that I really like, I'm not sure if it's originally his, but, um, but I heard him say it first and it's like where attention goes, cash flows. So I do truly believe that if you have, an engaged following if you have a subscribe account that's relevant and good if you have listeners even if you're not directly selling something right now i absolutely 100 believe that you can monetize that and you've literally it's like you've laid the foundations for the whole thing and then you can start building on those foundations and then you can have like a cash flow so for example i could very easily go down a route of doing like podcast teaching or something or i could literally do like a podcast service thing and 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 say okay so you know wh- why don't you start your podcast now take this free course or something and then there's like a paid course at the end of it or something so I think even if there isn't like a direct a direct selling point right now for any kind of podcast which actually I do think that's actually a very very important phase of a podcast like I do think there should be a completely non-monetized phase of it too while you're building things so that people don't kind of smell the cash grab in a sense like you should uh, genuinely start to start the thing and 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 have it non-monetized for first for, for the first part of it too and especially when you're just building like the network and just recording the episodes you want to kind of maximize the quality and you want you want the listeners like you want the downloads and you want the numbers because ultimately that's what you're selling to these people as well um and actually quite often when you when i ask people um, like the higher end of the high tier people um, I asked them to come onto the podcast they've all got this team yeah so like there's some of them who are just like yeah straight away let's do it um, but then there's a lot of them who are like okay sure email the team they handle the bookings and then you've got a problem because if you don't have the numbers or if you're not big enough let's put it this way these people are not a team they are the bouncers and they are going to, if they catch a whiff of this thing, not being worth this person's time, yes. they're being paid. They're being paid for this job. And, and it's, it's like, I know the kind of the jobs worth thing comes into it slightly because they, if they literally, if you've got some kind of a celebrity who's interacting with all these other celebrities and his time or her time is like so valuable to them. Mm. If this team of people puts, <laughs> puts some, gunky little podcast with almost no no kind of value to them and they're spending their time what do you think is going to happen to them like they're just going to get the they're going to get the bollocking <laughs> they're, they're going to get kicked off the thing and so you know that that's when the problem comes into effect um um but i think actually it's like it's it's funny how it works because there's been a few guests in the past who referred me to the team and as soon as i actually had the guests on who they know like their co-stars or the people that they're that that are in their network when I've reapproached them a second time after being like sacked off by that team of people then they've actually said okay let's do it and they haven't said anything about a team they just booked booked a thing um 
So I think when when they when they see that their their co-stars and the people that are relevant to them are, are doing these podcasts as well, then they start to see the value in it, and they're like, "Well, if, if, if he's done it, there must be some point to it." So yeah, that's that's one of the yeah, points it, it's it's the social proof. You've proven mm. that you are at that level where you can get on guests and people that they respect. So then they feel more comfortable going on. That makes a ton of sense. There are a lot of people in my audience who are business owners, and some of them might be considering starting a YouTube channel or a podcast in order to kind of highlight themselves or their business or brand, whatever it is. But when you started, you were able to come out of the gate with some incredible guests. For example, you had Ken Coleman from the Ramsey Network, which is really big in my space. And I would you know, love to have somebody like that on my show. Yet, you came out, started with no audience, no background, and weren't even like a very well-known entrepreneur, and yet you were able to get such an incredible guest. What was your secret and your approach to being able to get somebody that's that big at such an early stage in your podcasting journey? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, Ken, Ken was a great guy. Um, Dave Ramsey. Yeah, he's um, they're both good people. But I mean, you can kind of tell um, like there was no video feedback then episode two. Um, you can hear it in my voice as well. It's like I listen back and then uh, comparing it to like the, the episodes I've put out now, like 50 to 56 and stuff. You listen back and you think, oh, my God, how wooden does that sound? <laughs> um, so it's kind of like one of these things that's really gone from strength to strength. But so the way that it started was um, actually I'm going to credit I'm going to credit Gary V for this. Actually, there was like this video that he made uh, probably about I'd like to say about a year and a half ago. And he said something along the lines of um why isn't anyone sort of creating like a five minute podcast where people just bash out like a few questions really quick fire to these celebrities I thought to myself well I'm going to give this a go but I don't have any prior podcasting experience and I have no idea who I want my first guest to be um it so happened that I reshared a piece of content um I don't know if you know like Jocko Willink and stuff but um I, I reshared like something from his account and from the, these other accounts that were very similar to him that I've been very motivated by recently um back then obviously and and it so happened that one of these guys called T-Max Dink who has about I think he's near to the 500,000 follower mark right now um replied to this story from the tag and said like thank you so much and I just had to jump on the opportunity and I, I said, you know, I'm kind of starting this podcast. Can you help out? Come on for an episode. Now, the one thing I didn't do is I definitely didn't mention it was episode one because I'd hooked this really high profile person. I'm thinking you cannot screw this up. OK, <laughs> um, and and it's a, I'll tell you a little story because it's quite funny, actually. Um, I spent literally hours just so nervous preparing for this podcast episode in, in the evening. And we actually had a storm outside at the time. And. I had everything ready, all these scripts, all these little things. And I was literally just so prepared for this thing, like over-prepared by a mile. And about five minutes before this podcast, we were meant to go onto the Zoom call. We had this power cut. So Wi-Fi out, lights out. And I am just freaking out, okay? And we're running around the house, circuit breakers, the lot. And dad manages to, to, to flip something. And we got the Wi-Fi back on literally with about one minute to go. But the lights didn't come back on. So... Uh, so I had to I had to do this first episode with torch in hand with the scripts and stuff so but it went really well and, and so that's kind of like the story of how it started and since then I've just kind of really I mean the way that I've got guests on who are like high profile is I can honestly say I've just sent out hundreds of dms and 
and you send like 150 and you get six back or something and those six are so important because it's not just the episode it's what happens after that it's like you need to really leverage the name ask them as well like do you know anyone who could come on the podcast as well who'd be a good fit um and you need to really kind of tap into them and maximize you know the the roi of of this of this episode so since then that's literally what i've done i've just sent out hundreds of dms um and i've just used the, the credits of these people but like i said so I, I originally started really kind of at about nine minutes an episode trying to keep it really quick fire but that was when it was in its interview phase i'd say like i was genuinely sticking to the to, to the script right there and I, I wasn't really kind of having engaging conversations with these people but you'll notice that the episode length from from the beginning versus now they're all kind of sitting around like 35 to an hour almost nowadays literally because I'm just having so much more insightful conversations with these people and I'm literally just I'm just loving just chatting to them it's become much more of like a, a talk show now than it started as an interview um so that's how it kind of progressed I'd, I'd say and um and and yeah it's just really it's just gone from strength to strength from from that first time but it really was kind of like the true the true very very bottom beginnings thing and it's just gone you know progressed um in loads of ways like I mean it's not it's not one of these things where I started with everything in place like I had to work on a lot of things in my speech I upgraded my mics and everything uh, it took me 37 episodes or something to get the webcam on and literally but just have that confidence just to speak to a camera as well and and now I've got the YouTube stuff coming on. You probably would have noticed that with the Ken Coleman one. There was no uh, no video and everything. Um, but I'd say that part took me too long as well, though, because like Ken had this, if you, want, if you want to talk about Ken, he had this ridiculously good looking sort of setup, studio setup. And I'm there just in my bedroom or something and with no video feed. I'm just thinking, oh, I just wish I had this. But yeah, so that's how it's that's how it's gone so far. Louis, how did you end up getting Ken Coleman specifically? Was that just through a cold DM and then he responded? It was literally just a cold DM. So it was exactly what I said. So I had this first episode of this um, with this guy, T-Mac, and, and I obviously straight away really plugged that heavily into these into these opening gambit messages. And, and that's what I mean. I mean, I didn't target Ken specifically. I targeted like, 150 people on it on instagram this is another thing you can um um i'll try and describe it so if you go onto like someone's account um like a famous person's account or something there's like a little button it's kind of got like a one of the sort of human <laughs> like human outline things and a plus sign next to it i think it's it's near the view profile buttons um, okay and the message button and you click that and then it brings up very similar accounts to the one that you're looking at so for example if you had like an actor or something then you like let's say you put in i don't know dwayne johnson you click that you're going to see like kevin hart and everything then after that and then that's kind of how i went through it so i'd make this sort of a copy and paste dm just have to change the first name um at the top of the message and just literally just go through this plus sign thing button that i was talking about and just blast out and then just wake up in the morning go on your phone just think okay is there going to be one is there going to be two is there going to be zero and yeah so ken uh i managed to get ken literally just through one of these messages basically yeah 
But let me ask you this, because here's one thing. And it's something that I kind of struggle with is like, I know what my podcast numbers are. And um, all of my people, they come specifically from like Spotify and iTunes. So like trying to go Mm -hmm. out and put all of my content on YouTube, it's essentially going to reset everything to zero. So if somebody were to go check me out and go look at like brand new content that I put on YouTube, well, I don't have a following yet. I don't have subscribers yet. And so it would, Mm -hmm. it would really look horrible to be showing, oh, well, this guy, you know, even though he's been doing this for a long time, he doesn't have any subscribers or views. So then it gives you that look that you're not professional and that you don't have a good podcast, which can be misleading because they're not, they don't have the opportunity to see your actual podcast downloads, which is, can be far higher, especially when you don't do that. So in that vein, going out and putting your content on YouTube, did that not scare you when it comes to booking guests? If you didn't, if, you know, cause you had to go through that the same way that anybody else does that goes from podcasting directly to YouTube and trying to have that. So what was your approach there and how did you overcome that? That's a really good question. Yeah. You're a good host. That's a great question. I love that. Um, right. So, I mean, I, I started, uh, what you said is very relevant. Like when it, it kind of puts things into the, into the spotlight, doesn't it? So um, it's a tough one to answer because what, I, I started literally by doing the YouTube stuff straight off the bat. So I'd, I'd upload on straight to the iTunes and, and Amazon. I used this really good um, system. I don't know. I don't know if you use it too, but it's called anchor. Um, and it uses like the kind of distribution feeds and stuff. And it just, you, you post it on there and then it posts it everywhere else for you. So it's really handy, but I was doing the YouTube stuff as well, but I wasn't recording video at the start. And so like I said, um, I, I wasn't using the video feed for for the episodes, um, but I was just kind of like making like a graphic design for it and stuff. Because I truly believe that like the YouTube algorithm and stuff, uh, if if you can put a, a podcast, especially someone like YouTube, where there's so much kind of like potential yes. views and yeah. and stuff, it, then it should be on there. Um, now, what I'm going to say is going to be very controversial. Um, and some, some people might not agree with this and they might think that, I'm a, I'm a sleazebag or something, but it's just genuinely what I think about the whole thing. So I think that if you're an established podcast already, like you are, you are absolutely right. You do not want for the, these people to see like no following on YouTube and then be deterred from it. Because ultimately, if you have the following and stuff and you have, you know, the, the social proof of it and stuff and the numbers and, and you know that you're going to provide value to these people, I'm not saying fake it till you make it or anything, but it might just be worth a case of going on one of these websites or something and literally just putting, I don't know, a thousand fake fake subscribers on the thing or something and then and then putting some views on on the episodes just so it's not nothing straight away because ultimately you you want these people to come on. And I don't think it's it's a bad ethical thing unless you're literally tricking people because the thing with your podcast, for example, is that you do have the value to bring to them. But you just need to get these people onto the thing. So you know, you you know that it, you're going to give them the value and stuff. So honestly, even if it's just a little bit, just to get it off the ground straight away, it might just be worth just putting some numbers on there straight away. I mean, that's what I think. And if someone was going into that sort of thing, um, I would actually tell them to do that. Now, where 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 the ethics comes into it with that kind of a thing, like I said, I think if you are deceiving someone in terms of like you have nothing no followers no views or anything and it's literally just starting up 
then you are deceiving someone. But if you actually do oh, have okay. an established podcast, okay, I'm sorry to interrupt because because I, yeah, I at first it. I did at first I didn't understand what you were saying when it mm. comes to deceiving because it sounded like you're saying buy these followers and then so it shows mm-hmm. social proof. But then you were saying, but that you know you don't want to be deceiving. So what you're what you're saying, at least for my clarification, is you are, if you already have the download numbers and you have the subscribers, then you don't feel like you're actually deceiving anybody if you were to go buy those followers temporarily because you actually do have the following. Mm. You so you're saying that the only way that you're actually deceiving somebody if you didn't have those followers on podcasts and stuff like that because then it's not you're just showing them you still have the social proof, you still have the downloads, but it's just mm. that so. Th- is that what you were trying to say? Is that what you exactly? Exactly. That's okay. exactly right. Um. Yeah. That's that's how I see the whole thing. Like, I'm sure some people will kind of disagree with this and everything, and that's okay. But in my opinion, it's it's wrong if you are literally deceiving someone on purpose just to get them on the show. But if you actually you know that you have the numbers and you are going to provide these people the value, you do want them to come on the show and you do want them to get you know something out of it. Um. But if they're going to be deterred by it, by seeing zeros all around or something when you first move to YouTube, then honestly, I, I, th- I think it's an okay thing to do. And I, I would I would tell people to do that. I wouldn't go crazy. With it, not like, okay, I'm going to put 100,000 subscribers on my YouTube account, account or something. We're talking like just a few hundred at least, just something to to get it going. Um, But the other side of that too is if you do have like a good download amount and, and you do have like an active, engaged listener base, it might be worth just inserting your own ad into your podcast episode or something or making like a short, short episode or something where you just talk about it saying like, we're moving to YouTube, we're getting video out now. Um, Please do go and subscribe and support because then if you do actually have them, then they're probably going to go and do that. And I, I, and I find that, that the YouTube side of things like the video feed, I find that a lot more engaging. Like when you can actually see like the emotions and see like the, energy and the vibes people bring you can actually get kind of like a lot more out of someone and like the impression they give just by seeing that so i definitely think like the youtube side of things and video feed that's very important um and yeah that that kind of summarizes that part <laughs> no, no no that makes a, that makes a lot more sense to me the way that you phrase it that second time or with a clarification that clarified it for me so i i do appreciate that um where is the best place for my listeners to be able to connect with you to con- be able to work with you and for any of the military listeners in here uh, for them to be able to follow you so that when you come out with your products uh they can go ahead and get those discounts and and and, and rock with you as well Absolutely. Well, this is this is the moment that I, on my on my podcast I like to call the shameless plug. So I'm I'm very grateful for the the opportunity to uh to to, to ask for a few followers. But so um as as I mentioned at the start, I'm a bit of an Instagram geek in a sense. So I'm always on there. I'm always looking at the message requests. I'm always kind of talking to people on there. So that's a really good place for uh, that I update much more regularly than kind of like Twitter or anything. So. That, and that's just at Louis Scoopian, and, and that's L-O-U-I-S-S-K-U-P-I-E-N. Um, and luckily, I've kind of got one of these weirder names. It's not it's not like a uh, like a Ben or a Sam or something. So I didn't struggle for the usernames across the board. So literally, pretty much everywhere, it's just going to be at Louis Scoopian on like Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, Instagram, even Snapchat. Um. So yeah, that's the best place to reach out for my stuff. Um, in terms of like the podcast and everything, um, that's called Talk Four, and that's not with the uh the letters four. That's with the number four at the end there. So Talk Four podcast, and that's on Instagram. Um, and that is being aired everywhere that you could find podcasts, pretty much. So that's all the big industry ones as well. So yeah, please do have a listen to them. And if you want a recommendation, um, for kind of like a starting episode 
I heard the greatest story of survival, resilience, and just pure craziness from the Kegan Gill episode. I can't remember the exact episode number that was, um, but it's about an hour long. He was an F-18 fighter pilot, went through the most horrific incident when his fighter crashed and hit the water. Um, it's the most incredible story ever. And the guy doesn't really have that much of a following at all. It's only like a thousand and a half followers or something. Um, so if you want a starting point on the first episode, please do listen to that. But other than that, um, all my links are kind of in the bios of the Instagram stuff too. I've got my own little website and and blah, blah, blah. So that is me done with my plug. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Louis, thank you so much for being here, man. I really learned a lot and I really appreciate your time today. Brother, it's been an absolute pleasure. And um, I'll, I'll tell you what, I've done 56 podcast episodes and it's just nice to be thrown into the back seats of one for once and not have to have the, the host stress because it's a real thing. It, it truly is. So I appreciate the opportunity. You're a fantastic guy. You ask really insightful, great questions. And um, this has really made my my day on a rainy UK day as usual much better. So thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. It's what I aim for, man, is just to get that the, the good, you know, when someone says good question, that's how I know I did my job. So I appreciate that, man. All right, buddy. You too. I love it. You too, man. Thank you very much.